Soy, the final frontier. I'm Comrade Britt. And I am Wolf 35 Pat. These are the voyages of the starship USS Ricky Martin, our ongoing mission to explore old episodes, both cringe and based, and to boldly go into TNG Season 4! Soy Trek the Podcast is here. We're here. One half vegan, one half queer. 100% communist. Unless we have a less leftist guest. Patrick and Britain. Sucking, joking, farting, and shitting all about Star Trek. Like our buttholes, this show is red. Soy Trek, the podcast is here. So listen to Star Trek right in your ears. Did you say listen to Star Trek? I, I, I started to, and I was like, oh, wait, I'm supposed to be saying Soy Trek. Yeah, that's yeah. the name of our show. So yeah, I think I, I think you are not allowed. <laughs> we are not allowed. We are yeah. not. <laughs> we're not allowed to say <laughs> or anything involved with that. That's we what, are watching TNG today. I actually, I think I said um. I was trying to. I was trying to correct myself as I was saying it. So I think I went Stoy Trek. Stoy Stoy Trek. <laughs> ah, this is a Leo Told a Story podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Today we will be talking about suffering and the themes of suffering and the work of Tolstoy. Tolstoy. I mean, yeah, to read Tolstoy, you have to enjoy good scotch and cigars. You must have a very wet voice. A very wet voice. This is Tolstoy talk. This is... But the good thing... Story Trek. Story Trek is legally distinct. So we can say it as much as we want. <laughs> you sound extra wet today, my friend. Extra, extra wet. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to ring out your microphone cover after this is done. Oh my lord! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's okay. I cover it with a condom underneath. <laughs> and every time before I come over. You could say I'm in the NBA the way I'm dribbling. <laughs> I made sure you were taking a big hefty sip of Diet Pepsi when I said that. Uh, my friends, you are so incredibly wet. I am very... Very envious of the wetness you obtained. I was merely trying to get on your level of wetness, and I needed a bit more liquid into my diet. Excuse me while I wet my whistle. <laughs> oh. Well, that whistle is dead to me now. No amount of water can wash that off. Get the bleach. Get the bleach. Uh, okay. I, I wish I could do that forever, but it requires a, a lot of wetness. A lot of mouth <laughs> And a lot of, honestly, a lot of, like, diaphragm. Mm -hmm, very, yeah, lots of mm -hmm. diaphragm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I can feel that one of my abs. Also, <laughs> it, was a, it was a good laugh. <laughs>
Who? Um, we got a Patreon, patreon.com slash dumb idiot BS. That's the reason that we're doing this episode today is because the people voted on it. All right. They voted for, they were able to vote for both episodes. They, they were. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, someone just uh, said, yeah, this one and two. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. You know, fuck it. It's do more it material. Both. We'll do them both. We'll do, a, we'll do a live. Do we'll it fuck live. It, fuck it. We'll do a live. So we're doing it live mm-hmm. right here with you. Wow. What are we doing? Uh, best of both worlds. Uh, part. Duh. Yeah, we are. Um, TNG. Next Generation. Star Trek, of course. Even though I'm not allowed to say it. <laughs> you can still say Stoy Trek. Sure, Stoy Trek. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be watching the best of both worlds part two today. You are so wet, you're sounding like a hut of one of the creatures from Star Wars. But we're not talking about the Star Wars today. We're talking about the story trick. Um, so uh tng season four episode one uh first aired september 24th 1990 so they took a nice three four month break in Mm. between the end of end of season three and this and so Mm. there was a big cliffhanger there and a lot of uh you know a lot of anticipation see what Mm -hmm. happens what are they going to do are they going to kill off picard Cause like no one's ever been reversed from yes. from being you know a Dead. Borg before yeah that we know of. Can you imagine if they did? If if Patrick Stewart was like, yeah, I'm not coming back. That would be incredible. <laughs> that would be an incredible decision. Like yeah. it ends up destroying the Borg cube and Picard with it. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. That would have been that would have been a bold choice. That TNG. would have been a very very bold choice. Yeah, a choice have- I might have agreed with. We haven't had that happen before. Yeah, I guess besides, no, I like guess they discovery. Have, they haven't really Game of Thrones did, but they did like only like in the, the what the second episode really, in in discovery. Yeah, like yeah, because yeah, like um, um, George George was actually the real star of the show. So. Right, right, and then I, I did kind of like the the reveal they had with Lorca though, and kind of his mm. role. Oh yeah, same same. I actually kind of wish that. He had lived, and he uh-huh. kind of was like in Georgiou's role almost, right? Where he kind of had a redemption, like our half redemption. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or like, well, yeah, mirror Georgiou rather. Yeah. Right, right, right. That would have been interesting because I really like uh, Jason Isaacs. But also, I like. Good. Also, I love Michelle Yeoh too. Yeah, so she's like, uh, she's really good. Have yeah. them both. Yeah, why not both? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, both. you know, they can't afford that much good star power, I guess. Though, didn't they say supposedly in like season five they're going to bring back? Uh, have the good jason isaacs the good jason isaacs yeah like the, jason, the, the uh, oh yeah because <laughs> there's a chance he's still alive the, the, mm. so far as we know yeah like the, the it's good, one of those the, like cedo jacks of things like yeah. where, where they found like wreckage or something but they don't know for sure that he's dead or, or like well mirror uh Lorca died but yeah uh, the real the real, real Lorca. Yeah, we don't know Lorca. if he's dead or not yeah yeah so it'd be possible could be pos. We never saw him die or even see him at all. So yeah, I'd I'd, I'd like to know more about he that. He could have been locked in a closet this entire time. With R. Oh, Kelly. are you saying he's in the closet? You think they're gonna go directly? <laughs> oh, he's in the closet with R. Kelly. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
getting peed on. Uh, I've I've watched <laughs> that whole thing several times, all like thirty five chapters, and it's, <laughs> let me tell you, that's a wild, wild, wild ride. Yeah, I would recommend it. I think it's on is the that, server. Is it's that on the, the server. Black server? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Go, go go ahead and watch it. It's a it's a fun little. So walk. I got my gun. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on there, man. Yeah. I will tell you that much. <laughs> Yeah, it would have been easier for him to see a therapist instead mm-hmm. he made it in the closet. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this is one of the few double episodes that is written and directed by the exact same team. Mm. Uh, once again, by Michael Piller, written by Michael Piller. Oh, so he did come back and write the second He did, part. he did. And he, he, he obviously stayed on with Star Trek and mm-hmm. the, the, the franchise because he went on to co-create Voyager and DS9. Yeah. And have a big part in in the Star Trek, mm. up until his unfortunate death in I think like 2006 or something like that. Oh, he died sad. pretty young. Yeah. Mm. So, <clears throat> on the Enterprise, or, or oh yeah, and then it's directed by Clifford Bull, who was mean to, uh, to <laughs> Will Wheaton apparently. Yeah, and also Will was Will Wheaton in this episode. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he, he was. was. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. It was definitely on the first episode quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah. Not as much on this one, I don't think. Yeah, I think, yeah, wasn't he mostly just at, like, <coughs> speaking through, like, uh, comms mostly and at the... Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly. I can't remember. I just watched it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So on the Enterprise, um, Jordy LaForge reports the main deflector dish is six seconds away from discharging as a weapon. Six Towards the board ship. Six, six seconds. Six seconds. So uh, they'd better pull out or they're going to make a deflector baby. <laughs> That's what he says. Uh, they fire and it does nothing to the Borg ship. No deflector baby. Mm. Shelby calls this impossible and Jordy says they can't maintain it much longer. And I've been there, Jordy. <laughs> I've been there. Riker has them shut it down. Mm. Yeah, good call, Riker. Yeah. On the view screen, Locutus says that the knowledge and experience of Picard has become part of the their collective now and thus their course of resistance is hopeless number one he calls he calls Riker number one yeah which is pretty interesting because like you kind of assume like okay yeah I mean he was Picard at some point Mm -hmm. like he's also now as part of this collective consciousness and just he's merely the voice so he's not just Picard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, yeah. He's, he's, he, he's speaking. Ter- he's like the ter- Borg queen, basically. That's a, that's a term of endearment, like Picard, the individual, had for Riker. Right, right. Yeah. And but I guess I could just be fucking with him. So. Right, right. Yeah. And I feel like this is one of the first, like, uh, Borg with an actual name. Yeah. Most of them are, like, part of a group and named mm-hmm. thereafter, like, like a Seven of Nine type character. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Hugh retains his name, but was that his original name, or he he chose his own name or something, right? No, they I think they named him. Did Hugh. they name him Hugh? Yeah. Okay. So like you know, he's given a a, a humanized name. And yeah, a human. Human. <laughs> That'd be yeah. funny if his name is like Human M A N N. I love that. Uh, so we get credits at three minutes and fifteen seconds here, or maybe three minutes and sixteen, like John three sixteen. Oh yeah, hell's yeah! One of my favorite verses. What about you? Yeah. yeah. Can you can you re- repeat it for me? Man should not lay with man. <laughs> not, <laughs> for, for God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son for it. No, oh, no, I, I, I that what's Austin three sixteen though? Uh, I just whooped your ass. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, what? What? That's what it is. No. What? 
it, it definitely is. Crash, <laughs> glass crashes. Oh, it's Austin's music. He comes in. Oh no, he's coming in. It's oh, the Texas rattlesnake. Oh god, oh, no. Here he coming. Here he coming. <laughs> he coming now. Here he coming now. <laughs> oh god, it's the rattlesnake. It's the rattlesnake now. Yeah. That's I my was, good old JR impression. That's that's good. That's Thank pretty you. good. I love I love JR. He's yeah. still on AEW now. That's quite, that's so insane he's still he, he's like seventy something. <laughs> yes, and to be they, more they than bring that. him out for like the fucking uh Saturday show and he's he looks, like he looks seventy oh, thirty years oh, ago. He's going for a it's a backbreaker. <laughs> and also like whenever Sting comes on, he goes, Sting He does sound pretty wet. He's yeah. a He's a pretty wet sounding fella. I mean, I got, I had his cookbook, and it's mm-hmm. all stuff that was basically just generates phlegm. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just, yeah, put more vinegar and sugar on it. Put more milk and cheese in that now. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need another stick of butter. How? Get that good old JR Flim going now. Oh, yeah. What's his, what is JR Cajun at all? JR is not a Cajun man. He's like from Texas, I think, or something. Yeah, yeah. He's on the Cajun, he's on the Texas Louisiana. <laughs> he does not sound very Cajun, though. I'll put him all butter in that now. Yeah. Oh, I got a good, good Flim going in that, in the back of that throat now. <laughs> Man, you can you get some serious phlegm going, my friend. That'd make me like throw up trying to do that. Seriously, like, I gag after a while trying to. I should probably also like maybe like loosen my shirt, take off my tie. Yeah, yeah. See, I got I got a loose I got a loose um, neck. Mm-hmm. I got a loose uh, loose uh, around my under my shirt collar, so I'm mm-hmm. able to generate a lot of phlegm that way. Yeah, for, for true. Oh, yeah. oh, that's yeah. That's, oh yeah, you got. Oh, I can I can go a long bit of my body, Oh yeah, you got that. You got the flim cabins. Oh, cabins open now. <laughs> oh, it's, oh, I I be a spelunker. You just open the floodgates when I flim. Now go back and start. Oh, it like, it like making a pussy square. We gonna need some motherfucking Usenex up in here, son. Yeah. Get rid of all that flim. Yeah, who's your who's your favorite Mux, Mucinex guy? Mm. Yeah, did, weren't we talking about how yeah, Jason Manzuk is the new yeah, one? Yeah, he is. Who was was it? TJ Miller. TJ Miller before yeah, that. TJ yeah. Miller. Yeah. I think I like Jason Manzukis better. I think I do too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, TJ Miller. He he just kind of <laughs> like I never really. I don't know any. Like he was in a couple things, mm-hmm. but kind of quickly dropped off the map he there. did a he like called in a bomb threat a fake bomb threat on a train because like some woman was rejecting him and he was really drunk okay so maybe he's my favorite <laughs> <laughs> he's my favorite music guy now oh bring him down shall we show him a real good time <laughs> well he's gonna make some more bomb threats <laughs> we're gonna make barbecue and bombs crazy is what i'm, I'm saying i'm gonna buy some stock in the music now because i love that tj miller bomb threats <laughs> cool um so after the credits, we get first officer's log, start date, 4-4. Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. They're, they're completely useless numbers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Borg ship has resumed its course towards Earth. We are unable to pursue pending repairs to the Enterprise. Um, 
it's it's kind of weird how he's like still doing a first officer's log instead of an acting captain's log since he is ostensibly a captain since the captain is incapacitated. Yeah, he's basically uh, he's basically had that field promotion. Like right. Yeah, because yeah. Like who who else? Honestly, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I, I guess like a case should be could be made for Shelby because Shelby's mm. pretty competent. Yeah, but uh. she's. But she's not actually stationed on the Enterprise. That's true. That's true. She doesn't know the crew like he does. So, um, so the use of deflector dish has left the Enterprise disabled as the Borg continue towards Earth. Hansen informs the crew that their engagement has brought them uh, valuable time to mobilize 40 starships towards Wolf 359 with the Klingons and perhaps even Romulans sending reinforcements. Shelby warns Hansen uh, that with Picard, the Borg now pose an even greater threat than they could have even, even prepared for. He says Picard won a marathon as a freshman and says he never met anyone with more drive, determination, or courage than Jean-Luc Picard, which, I mean, that's a weird argument, I guess. <laughs> Wait, he said, yeah, they said because he, he did a random marathon? Yeah, yeah, he, like, won a marathon when he was, like, a cadet or something like that. He was, like, the first freshman to ever win the that, marathon. That is, like, the mentality marathon runners have. I, I guess so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I don't understand marathon runners and, like, how their brain works because it's, like... But you also have to be able to shut your brain down for a long time because, like... Who it's, can, like, four hours or yeah, who could? Yeah, well, I mean, like, a good marathon runner can do it in, like, three hours or something. Yeah. But even imagine... Yeah, imagine shutting your brain down for that long to, like, be able to run. Like, I, I can't do that. I can't, like, listen to music and, like, not do anything for that long. They're not even, they typically don't even have, like, headphones or anything. They're not listening to anything. I mean, a lot of them do. A lot mm. of them do listen to stuff. But, like, still, it's like, fuck... I just I just couldn't push myself to do something like that, and I push myself to do a lot of weird things physically. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I've uh, I've uh, you know like devil uh, emoji. Uh, <laughs> you know I uh, so you know you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I had a I knew a guy back in Baltimore who ran one. He trained for it. He lost like 40 pounds or something. Holy shit! That's yeah. that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, the training itself is like. Where it's really at. Yeah, he just ran nonstop and he did it, but, like, mm -hmm. but still, it's, yeah, I mean. It was probably hell on his body. It's probably yeah. destroyed his knees. Yeah. And, and he's going to have knees problems, problems in his life. And bleeding nipples. Mm -hmm. That's a thing. Mm -hmm. You got to lube up your nipples before you do it because, mm -hmm. like, the shirt, like, ch chafes them and makes them bleed. Mm -hmm. So. <laughs> Hansen says that under no circumstances is Picard helping the Borg, but he is in fact a casualty of war, which uh, Crusher takes to mean that there's no chance to recover him. Yeah, because really, like, they had encountered Hugh at this point, right? Then no, they encountered Hugh after. After this, yeah. yeah this so. is this is one, still one of the they're like second or third encounter with the Borg. Yeah. Really, it's it's yeah. still young in their Borg yeah, yeah, encounter. Yeah, that, that's right. Because yeah, Picard's like kill it, mm -hmm. <laughs> and so like. Uh, um. Yeah. So at this point, they don't even know if people can be saved from being Borg. Right. Yeah. So you, they're basically like lost. Mm -hmm. So Hanson laments the loss of Picard and gives Riker a field promotion to captain, wishing the circumstances were better. Riker Riker wishes the admiral luck. Borg the Borg Cube. They add a slick prosthesis to Picard, 
uh, sorry, a sick prosthesis to Picard, uh, and it drains him entirely of color, but it looks really fucking cool. He's like mm. cutting arm thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a single tear wells from Picard's eye and falls down his face. <laughs> uh, really great shot here. Yeah. yeah. Artistry. Mm-hmm. In the turbo lift, Worf, Wesley, and Riker discuss returning the phasers... Uh, are retuning their phasers or giving them a chip that retunes them and Worf says the Borg have neither honor nor courage and that is our greatest advantage and I just love this line (laughs) and and again like they're like well we gotta we gotta like you know reinvent the wheel here we gotta like Mm -hmm. we gotta like oh we gotta come up with these things to like retune our phasers to get you know to have Mm -hmm. like the constantly changing frequency they don't think of like why don't we try something different than phasers it's (laughs) like hey we still have like guns with bullets and they're like no we can't try that because they could could just teleport them in a minivan and they could just drive around running them over i mean yeah (laughs) like they could just like they could have like like they could just give Worf a uh push mower Mm -hmm. that he could then just hold up and just like kill them all with it or or give them all chainsaws or something like that and just like (laughs) yeah or like no we we saw in uh in the holodeck in star trek first contact Mm -hmm. that a gun works on them oh yeah oh yeah yeah Yeah. just like normal guns yeah yeah Yeah, like machine guns or something (laughs) yeah like give them fucking guns and and take (laughs) borg out it's like whatever (laughs) yeah make them oopsie daisy now star trek's violent but it like makes more sense yeah that would have been sick if like they had given like um um Worf one of those like Gatling guns that you know Jesse Ventura mini gun yeah mini gun like Jesse Ventura had in Predator and he's just like mowing through that rule like that 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 would probably have been too badass yeah a little bit too badass for the time and that would actually have Worf winning a fight yeah like yeah we can't have Worf go in there with a mini gun and yeah at the time probably trigger a few too many Vietnam vets that are watching like oh no. <laughs> so an engineering Shelby can't get the shields working again and reports to Riker that the main deflector dish is operational and being tested uh, and they should be underway in about three hours tops. Riker praises her effort on the Borg cube. She says she didn't get Picard back, but Riker says she got them their shot and did a good job and says, well, they don't have to like each other. She keeps him on his toes, which means she, he wants to fuck her. Mm. He wants to uh, be kept on his toes, if you know what I mean. Aww. He wants a high bed. <laughs> he wants a high bed so he can kept on his toes, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> he wants a high mattress. Way up high. Got to put on no tippy toes now. <laughs> We're got to get back to the story. 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 Talking about the erotic adventures of Rockla. Wolf 359 is the topic at hand. Uh, uh, so Riker hits to the bridge as Admiral Hanson is relaying the news and says, The fight does not go well. Um, <laughs> so, uh, the signal is abruptly cut off. So, mm-hmm. Admiral Hanson is presumably, I don't know, dead. Dead. Fucking dead. Next, He's dead now. Next, we get a captain's log. Stardate doesn't matter. <laughs> Uh, from Riker, uh, repairs are complete, and the Enterprise is warping to rendezvous with Starfleet at Wolf 359. Communications from the site of battle have been cut off, possibly by Bork interference. So the Enterprise is headed towards Wolf 359, 
and Riker promotes Shelby to first officer over Data and Worf, as he can't afford to move his current staff during crisis, which is kind of fair. I mean, yeah. she, she makes sense, I guess. Yeah. yeah, you don't need them learning new positions. Right, right. Yeah. And also, like, Data would make sense, though. I mean, Data could, like, do it instantly, I think, yeah. very well. Like, and she could do ops just fine. Like, Data is good in any position, I think. Yeah. Because he is, like, just an objective machine opinion who's, like, very fucking competent. I, I do like Riker's comment, like, you you don't have ambition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, you, I'm not going to promote you. He's just like, thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. okay, well, does he deserve the job? Like, honestly, yeah, Data could be just running that place by himself. Yeah, he could. Uh, which would be interesting. Like, yeah. a ship full of Data. Yeah would be an interesting idea and i think something that could probably run very efficiently yeah although it would lack nuance with like more humanoid figures but like they could be be, get fine get by just fine with like any sort of of diplomacy they'd be like ooh. (laughs) yeah but like i mean i think they get by just fine especially since they're like superhuman Mm -hmm. you know and they can beat up anything and resist anything Mm mm-hmm I mean, what what is his like weakness? Probably like acid stuff that can melt his skin and mm. shit off. And, <clears throat> I mean, poly water. He's affected by that. Yes. Yeah. I guess he's got several weaknesses. Yeah. Yeah. Ma- large magnets, probably. Oh yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, they'll probably fuck him up real bad. I mean, yeah. Is, is positronic stuff? Is that like magnetic? Is that? Mm, I, don't know, I was guessing. I, I feel like it's bionic <clears throat> in some way. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, we've seen lots of stuff can... I mean, he was blown mm-hmm. up, you know, Time's Arrow. Mm-hmm. He still still lived. <laughs> so the crew discuss several methods of fighting the Borg, and Riker says their efforts in battle will justify Picard's faith in them, which is a weird kind of cop-out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riker steps into Picard's ready room and asks his uh, chair what he would like to do, which is kind of weird. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like Clint Eastwood in the Obama chair. Um... <laughs> So Guinan shows up and tells him the only way to beat the Borg and save Picard is for him to let go Picard and throw away everything the captain would have done. Riker is hesitant, but Guinan reminds him that the Borg know everything Picard knew. So using his tactics doesn't make any sense. Which Mm. makes sense, I'd say. Yeah, you gotta do something completely different. Right? So, like, what would Picard do? Picard would play it safe and probably try to try to save people. So mm-hmm. he just immediately warps away. He's like, "Fucking <laughs> Earth can deal with it." <laughs> Picard, Picard would not do that, right? Yeah. That's irresponsible as fuck. Damn. Go to Riza. Riker's <laughs> <laughs> like setting a course to Riza. <laughs> We're going to ride this one out in the pleasure planet. Picard would never think to go there. <laughs> that, yeah, that's true. He fucking hates that place. <laughs> so, uh, Guinan tells Riker that uh, she can let Picard go because she has to. She reminds Riker there can only be one, and it turns out this is an episode of Highlander. Yes. <laughs> yep. He's uh, got to cut Picard's head off and absorb his power. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Riker gets out his sword. Riker would have been great on the Highlander. He would have, yeah. Riker McLeod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just, yeah. Just in like one episode or two, he would have been a great immortal, maybe I mean, adversary that, or something. That's what his character kind of was in um, Gargoyles almost. A little bit, yeah. yeah he was kind of Highlander coded. Yeah. 
so Riker ponders his position as the Enterprise enters Wolf 359. Data reports that many ships are afloat with negligible power readings and no communications and no life signs. Oh, shit's fucked up. Riker orders on screen and dozens of Federation starships uh, drifting along, including the Melbourne, the mm. chair Riker was offered. So he might have died up in that. Might have died. Might have died up in that. The battle was a disaster for Starfleet. And also now thinking about, you know, we were talking about how, like, you know, this, like, best of both worlds is base is ground is basically sets the tone for all of TNG but it mm -hmm. also like is responsible for also creating you know um, Deep Space Nine because that the, that's the one three, Wolf 359 is yeah. when, where Jennifer dies which yeah. is Cisco's wife and the reason he has like disdain for Starfleet mm -hmm. and his negligence to be the commander of Tarek Nor yeah you know yeah yeah. So yeah, it sets that, and then also of course Voyager, because again, like the Borg are also like a <clears throat> a primary antagonist in Voyager as well. So, mm -hmm. And and it all, it all goes back to this episode. It all comes back to this. Yeah, this is really a pivotal episode, and really like people say that uh, you know Star Trek gets good in season two, but I don't I don't think that TNG uh, necessarily <clears throat> gets good until probably like this episode. Like, mm -hmm. it, it's still very hit and miss in season three. Mm -hmm. And seasons four through seven are all bang. <laughs> like, pretty much bangers. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so, <clears throat> Data tracks the Borg ship, and Riker orders to intercept as Shelby prepares her saucer plan. Shelby reminds him Picard knew of the saucer plan, so the Borg will still be prepared for it. Riker says he's counting on that, which... What if Picard's counting on him, counting on that? Ooh. Uh-oh. You ever think of that? No, never thought of it. <laughs> Riker assigns Worf and Data to a special mission before reporting to the battle bridge. As the Enterprise approaches the Borg ship, drops out of warp, Riker hails them and stalls with fake negotiations with Locutus. Locutus knows better and demands they disarm their weapons and they escort them to Sector 001. But Riker cuts him off. The ruse is successful and allows them to pinpoint the source of Locutus's transmission. Data and Worf proceed with their plan and activate emergency transporter armbands. Locutus threatens Riker, and Riker bluffs him, telling him to take his best shot. Knowing the Borg has to access the Enterprise's subspace communications through Picard, he resets them using scrambler code Riker1 and orders the Enterprise to separate. Of course, he'd have a code that's like Riker one. Yeah, that's yeah. Like they're like, uh, yeah, it's uh, your name and then like a complicated number after it. And he's like, how about how about one? <laughs> that's a combination idiot has for his luggage. <laughs> <laughs> one two three four five. <laughs> um, so the Enterprise separates, and both parts open fire at the Borg cube to no effect. The Borg fire a tractor beam at the bottom section, and Riker evades the attack. Wesley reports the Borg are ignoring the saucer, which is all part of the plan. Riker orders Shelby aboard the top section to fire, and antimatter spread. Locutus is puzzled, as this is unexpected. In the shuttle bay, Data and Worf take off towards the cube as the antimatter masks their engine signature, and the shuttle is able to penetrate the Borg electromagnetic field by flying through it, and they beam into the cube. 
have, have uh, so it's like going in raw. Yeah, that's how they do it. Beaming in that cube. They they beam in the cube. No protection. It's a euphemism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey girl, can I beam in that cube? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying to you? They it's look like yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten a few of that. Uh, they locate Locutus and come under attack. They disable five Borg with their ad- ad- adaptive <clears throat> weapons and grab Locutus. It's always funny, like, Star Trek can always demonstrates mm-hmm. how people can easily just beam into these Borg cubes. Yeah. And we, they never put, like, a bomb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just like, okay, you can get inside. Like, be, people are always uh, transporting onto, um, onto Borg cubes mm-hmm. and then just, like, not doing anything mm-hmm. that would just like completely fuck their shit up like, no imagine if they had just beamed over with a bomb set it and then got out of there <laughs> yeah they, they, they're not very violent which is the problem like, yeah and they and they kind of like and the borg necessitated a, a violent response yeah i feel like yeah. fucking a whole bunch of klingons beaming onto a borg ship would fuck them up bad yeah i mean you don't and that's the thing you don't see that many klingon borg like you saw one in that episode of voyager and i think didn't you see one in the episode of um prodigy as well probably yeah oh, they have the shark too though so yeah they had a on. shark monster i love the shark monster yeah but it's like yeah because they fuck shit up mm-hmm so, uh, Worf re- restrains Locutus while Data incapacitates him. They engage their transport armbands and beam back to the shuttle with Locutus and fly out. Apparently, this is actually the first time we see that the shuttles have transporters of their own. Oh, interesting. In all of Star Trek. Oh, right, I didn't know that. Uh, Riker orders O'Brien to beam them all back to the Enterprise as the shuttle is blown apart just at the last second. Riker grins that his strategy worked, even though everyone almost died. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't leave a bomb yeah. on the damn ship and blow it up. It just, yeah, right. It just killed how many souls? Yeah, <laughs> blew right. up how many ships? And you guys are just like, well, that was a success. No, the Borg ship's still operating. <laughs> we, have, we have stuff more powerful than atomic bombs that we could have just, like, thrown in this giant, like, electric city. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But... No, nah. no, we could have just like, yeah, we could have fucking brought it in with a shuttle that we just <laughs> yeah, flew in and, there and beamed it on yeah. that we just did. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. But, you know, oh, by the way, this is still hurtling towards Earth. Mm-hmm. No big. We could have stopped it right here. Mm-hmm. Decided, Everyone almost died not, from my really to. bad plan. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and potentially the Borg still lost die. five people, yeah. I guess, max. Don't like, worry. We killed five Borg out of three billion that's on this cube. Yeah. <laughs> so Shelby reports that the saucer section's impulse engines are disabled. The Borg cube increases its power as Riker prepares to draw fire from the Borg with a star drive section. However, the Borg resume their course towards Earth. Oh, oh man, shit's, yeah. shit's fucked up. They're going to get fucked up yeah. all on Earth. Only if someone left a bomb on board. Oh, well. Oh, well, that would have required them being on board. <laughs> uh, especially, to, you know, like, you know, getting a shuttle near it. Yeah. Hmm. Nearly impossible. No, no one could have done that. <laughs> A shuttle with, uh, apparently, transporters of its own. 
Uh, so the Enterprise reconnects and Locutus is revived in sick bay. Uh, Locutus mocks Riker for putting the whole ship at risk to save only one person, a strategy Picard would never have approved of, and ultimately his abduction has no impact on the Borg's supremacy and their mm. plans for domination. Yeah, he's still he's still Borg. He's still Borg. Locutus says he intends no physical harm, as he says he will simply be the voice of the Borg as the cube continues to Earth to force the Federation's ultimate surrender. I would like a Shasta, though. <laughs> or to watch Shasta McNasty. You ever seen oh, it on UPN? Yeah. <laughs> I miss that show. Pretty cool. Pretty cool show starring that guy, the son of... Jake Busey. Jake Busey was his We've name. We've got Jake Busey in that show. That's the only guy I remember. <laughs> Rap Rock was really popular at that time. I actually watched Tomcats a few weeks ago. Oh, really? Yeah, with my brother and my friend Spencer. Oh, my God. Uh, How it, does Tomcats hold up? <laughs> oh, it's real bad, man. <laughs> yeah. It's... <laughs> Yeah, it's like not a lot of good salvageable like media from that time. Yeah, there's uh, <laughs> there's an episode where a guy's testicle, his like cancerous testicle, like uh, like pops around a hospital. Rad. <laughs> and it, it's it's one of those things that just like makes me want to die. Did you ever watch That's My Bush? Oh, I have it on my server. Oh, of course I've watched it. Yeah, there's that episode with the um, the fetus that survived the abortion. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That That's really, <laughs> I hate that <laughs> he's so a, much. He's a, a middle-aged fetus. Yeah, yeah, that episode is uh, de deplorable. <laughs> yeah, that, mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it'd be funny explaining that show to just anybody yeah. born after that time. Yeah, even during that time, to be honest. <laughs> during that time, yeah. It's, it's pretty fucked up. Did have a good scene, though, in the one episode about the death <clears throat> penalty where Carl Rove mm -hmm. is, is hanging over a, uh, a person being executed. And, oh, yeah. And yeah. sucks in their last breath as they die. He's yeah. like, he's like <laughs> 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 That part made me laugh hysterically. Mm, that was pretty fun. That's so pretty Data Discover is the way in which the Borg are communicating with Picard is through subspace and uh, data thinks uh, forms the basis for the Borg's collective consciousness. Riker suggests blocking them, but data says this could lead to Locutus self-destructing. Riker says they must find out what Picard knows about the Borg in order to stop them, and Crusher thinks she could reverse the Borg shit with microsurgery, mm. but not while the implants are still functioning. Yeah, that makes sense because I'm sure they have some sort of like defenses. Yeah, otherwise it could like kill Picard. Yeah. Um, so Data suggests using his positronic brain to connect with Picard's machine half to get access. So this is pretty much why mm. most Borg don't get, you know, un, you know, converted is because most people don't have a positronic brain to do shit like this. No, no. So Locutus service, uh, surveys sickbay for people and technology to assimilate. He tells Worf that the Klingons will be assimilated, to which Worf replies that the Klingon Empire will never yield, and this is sick. Mm -hmm. We appreciate that, Worf. Mm -hmm. Locutus is mystified as to why the Borg are being uh, resistful. In their view, they only want to raise the quality of life for all species they assimilate. Worf retorts that the Klingons, like themselves just the way they are and you know what <laughs> i like the klingons just the way they are too they have good self-image yeah 
Yeah, I appreciate them. Yeah, they're 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 very romantic mm-hmm. in their own way. Sometimes a lot of them get a little Klingon supremacist, which we don't love. No, no, that's a bad culture. <laughs> but um, yeah, they love they love life, they love death, they love partying, they love fighting. Mm-hmm. They they, lo- they know how, they know how to live and they know how to die. Yeah, they certainly do know how to die. <laughs> so. Locutus blasts Worf's defiant tone, stating such a vision is so narrow, and that all would become one with the Borg. Mm. Yeah, which, you know, it's it's his own view. Yeah. It's both sides, you know? <laughs> yeah, the Borg are just like um, the human centipede on a larger scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, uh, he calls Data a primitive artificial organism. Which is actually pretty fucked up for the yeah. Borg to say, because he's, 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 he's pretty advanced. I don't know. Yeah, he's pretty up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Dr. Crusher quickly incapacitates Locutus with a hypospray and Worf assists Data to take him to the cybernetics lab. Riker then gets the word that the Borg have entered Sector 001. Oh, my God. They get near Earth. Welcome to Earth. So Enterprise receives word from the Jupiter Outpost 92, a visual sighting of the Borg Cube, and planetary defenses are responding thusly. But Shelby severely doubts its effectiveness. I severely doubt its effectiveness. Yeah. When the Borg Cube coming for you on your Earth, you're kind of fucked, you know? What you gonna do when the Borg Cube comes after you? Yeah, brother. Oh, Oh, the Borg Cube has been doing so many reps and it's ready to take (laughs) you on. It's ready to show everyone you're not the man you say you are. You're a little princess. You're a little baby princess and I'm gonna put you to bed and I'm gonna stroke your hair like the little princess that you are. I I love daddy's princess so much. (laughs) I love daddy's little princess so goddamn much. I'm gonna put you in a little... Two and give you a little space, but give you one of those easy bake ovens and watch you make little treats for me. Oh, my little princess. Oh, yeah. You're going to have the best Christmas of your life, little princess. <laughs> You're going to feel so taken care of, and I'm going to snuggle you to sleep with a cup of hot cocoa near a hot fireplace. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. <laughs> um. Well, still, uh, need a drink after that one. Mm-hmm. Impressions make you thirsty, most people don't know. Mm-hmm. But then you have a Diet Pepsi there that quenches mm-hmm. your thirst. Yeah, it makes me feel <laughs> feel new again. As you see, this is my third one today now. Jesus. We'll see if I finish that. So I've, I've, <laughs> I've consumed two and a half liters of Pepsi today, which is over a half gallon. You're going to be like one of the... Um, um, the living Buddhas, you know, the people that mummify themselves. Yeah, still alive. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the guys who just like eat honey and like twigs and shit until they, yeah, they're they like drink, they, they drink some, dead but alive. Yeah, they drink a thing that like basically mummifies them from the inside. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that, that that's what Diet Pepsi's doing. You're gonna, I'm gonna come over here and then you're going to be sitting in the lotus position, completely mummified. Uh, let, let's, um, yeah, I'm gonna be the first Pepsi mummy. <laughs> the first Pepsi mummy. Yeah. They're gonna be, they're gonna, they're gonna put you in a, in a glass um, display case and, and have you at, the, at Pepsi headquarters. <laughs> <laughs> the Pepsi mummy. So the Borg cube is 27 minutes away from Earth and the Enterprise is 42 minutes away from the Borg. So they're, they're, they're pretty far away now. Mm. 
So with such a large gap and little time to waste, Data begins to interface with Locutus. His team consists of Dr. Crusher monitoring uh, Locutus's medical condition, while O'Brien is doing the equivalent for Data, and Counselor Troy is there to empathically determine they are reaching Picard or vice versa, and notes that he doesn't know what to do if there's a problem. This is his first time attempting this entire thing. So I, I love that we're getting so much O'Brien here. Yes. This is really cool. Um, this is a good O'Brien episode, especially for TNG, because we don't get to see much O'Brien. No. Um, it actually gives a lot to like some of the lower decker types in here. Uh, it does. There's there's another guy in here. Or, uh, yeah, we see see a lot of Wesley in this too. Yeah, Wesley Wesley is up in this too, and there's there's another there's a third person who we get a bunch of. I wrote their name down, but I forgot their name because we we keep seeing just little bits of them. Um, I I don't know where a uh, Gleason Gleason we see quite Jackie a bit. Jackie Gleason. Jackie Gleason. There you go. <laughs> was he the, was Jackie Gleason the one on the honeymooners? Uh, no, who was that? Yeah, right. What was Jackie Gleason on? This is great podcasting, by the way. We're just looking up Jackie. Oh, he's he's he, he was he's a Pisces. That's that's really great to know. <laughs> Yeah, what the fuck was... Yeah, he was on the Honeymooners. Oh, yeah, was, was, oh, yeah he was, yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Ah! Get the fuck out of here with you being wrong. Oh, my God. This is, this is, uh, this is the story cast. This is story cast. You can't be wrong on this podcast. You can be as wet as you want, but you cannot be wrong. <laughs> wet and wild. <laughs> but never more wrong. <laughs> you have Never to, wrong. No, no, you have to. You have to enunciate the war. War, war wrong. <laughs> war wrong. Oh, it says political party. Jackie Gleason. Republican. <laughs> We're all Republicans on the stage. On the stage. Oh, he was playing golf with President Gerald Ford. I bet both of them got blown by the same caddy for $45 a piece. Personal life includes fear of flying, interest in the paranormal, <laughs> loves to get his dick sucked by a caddy between hole four and five. He has hole three or four and a half, if you know what I mean. Or four and a half, it's a cutty's mouth. It's a cutty's mouth. With Gerald Ford, he gets blown by a cutty. According to writer Larry Holcomb, Gleason's interest in UFOs allegedly prompted President Richard Nixon to share information with him and to disclose some UFO data publicly. So, so, so re President Nixon gave Jackie Gleason covert UFO information because he was a fan of the honeymooners. That's that's a, that's <laughs> that's what the government should be doing. Yeah. Honestly, I don't like the government doing things really because mm -hmm. it mostly does dumb stuff. Yeah. 
But that's dumb in a funny way. Yeah, and that's I, pretty. I, that's pretty hilarious. I, I love a fucking like president being like, "Oh, I really like your stuff. <laughs> Do you want state secrets?" <laughs> like that. That honestly, that kind of fucking rocks. And if it's I like, can't trust Jackie Gleason, who can I trust? Right, right. It's like the, the modern equivalent would be like fucking Trump being like. Uh, fucking hey, uh, Zach Galifianakis. I really liked the fucking the Hangover movies. Would you like some secret documents? Well, I mean, I think it's actually even worse than that because remember, like, Kit, he showed stuff to Kid Rock. He was showing. Remember who? But, who isn't? Who is a clown in a way? <laughs> who is a clown and in a, a comedian way. in a way? <laughs> like I like remember he was like sh- like he was bringing um, Kid Rock in on some sort of meetings and oh, Kid yeah. Rock Kid Rock. Uh, uh, said like, should I even be here? <laughs> like, yeah, Kid Rock knows better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's just like Kid Rock knows that's above his pay grade. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's pretty funny. I mean, yeah, that's, mm. that's great. I love I love how presidents just have like guys they share, just like dudes they share information with, just like mm-hmm. regular dudes that they just want to like be cool with. Yeah, like like they they just want to impress and be cool in front of these dudes. It'd be it'd be good. It'd be yeah. good. So. Uh, O'Brien makes his first connection but fails to get access and Troy doesn't sense anything. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't it's not successful so far. The cube breaks through the Mars defense perimeter as Enterprise arrives at the sector but is still 23 minutes behind the Borg. Uh, Data finally succeeds in his third attempt at interfacing with Picard. As he's downloading information, Locutus becomes aware of him and attempts to break the connection using his spinning blade attachment. And this is pretty sick. Yeah. This is this is getting <laughs> getting the, the, the money out of the practical effects budget. Yeah, I like how the Borg know to have um fucking cutter arms. Yeah, just like some sort of Malay weapon. Mm-hmm. But the Federation can't figure this shit out. Yeah, right. It's like we have they have the spinning blades. How do we counteract that? <laughs> I don't know. Like, get a fucking sword, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, get get a big pointy thing, a spear. You could, you could literally like make a sword in the replicator yeah they could just have as many swords as they fucking want yeah and they, they just have like power tools on their arms it's really not that difficult <laughs> you you just cut off the arm like you know? and, and Worf supposedly has like you know his bot left and that and mock left and stuff but mm-hmm. but they just show up they're just like hung up on his wall and he doesn't th- ever think to use them like, no they're which serum, which which le- he uses them in ceremony and yeah. like you which know. leads me to believe that they're just like non-functional mall swords they are <laughs> like, no he's 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 like a mall ninja <laughs> yeah. but but for klingon he's a weeb dude yeah yeah he's he's just like like mm-hmm. it'd be funny if they invaded and they're like wharf get your bot left and he's mm-hmm. just like it's not actually sharp mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't do anything it's made out of out of uh, out of aluminum mm-hmm. <laughs> just crumples against the borg yeah He's it's it's just silly like we we it's like watching you know someone do something very stupid like just watch them constantly just like lose against Borg on and in um in a um in a um in a in a you know ground invasion basically like mm-hmm. they're 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 going head, attacking them head on and losing and never once think sword or, or like just like just o- a, overpower or, physically because that's what happens right now is yeah, data overpowers yeah, yeah. Locutus physically and rips his blade arm right out of the socket. Yeah. Which is sick. It is sick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's like they never think of this. Like, why don't yeah. why don't we make like an attachment to our arms that can rip out their arms? <laughs> yeah. Or anything like that. Yeah, They're just like, like what if we what if we use the same weapon that keeps on failing? What if we just change it 
just slightly so it doesn't fail for a second. Yeah, what if they had the exoskeleton from the movie Aliens? Mm, (laughs) If if they're just like going around with those giant pinchers like squeezing the board. Oh, yeah, exactly. They could (laughs) rip through a field of board. They'd have nothing to stop them. Yeah. Well, with the the little little blades on their arms, they'd do nothing. No, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, like, obviously, like, the average crew member isn't as strong as Data, but, you know, Mm -hmm. if they had, like, the Ripley exoskeleton, they could just be, like, stepping on them, crushing them. Mm Mm-hmm. Could have it could have like mini guns on each arm. They're just like plowing through them. Yeah, that yeah. that a rule. It's, it's sad to see. Sad to see. So Crusher detects increased neural activity in Picard and suggests the Borg might be severing the link or trying to. Uh, Troy can feel Picard breaking through the collective in the Borg ship. Suddenly halts as Doctor Crusher realizes their true vulnerability is their interdependency. Uh, so she tells Riker that since Picard is part of the Borg, severing him would be like losing an arm or a foot. So Mm -hmm. it's like unimaginable. Riker realizes now, since they all operate collectively, if one Borg does something, they must all do it and orders Data to implant a command into Picard's connection with the Borg collective consciousness to disarm all their weapon systems. The Enterprise intercepts the cube, now in orbit of Earth. And this is a, you know, this is a cool shot. Mm-hmm. The Borg engages the Enterprise once. The Enterprise open fires w- with their arsenal, but still cannot affect the Borg at all. Data reports that he cannot access the weapons or power systems as all critical Borg pathways are protected. Shelby and Riker realize they have no options left in order Wesley to plot a collision course in the Borg ship in 9-11. It. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, order LaForge to prepare to go to warp speed. Picard fights through collective consciousness to tell Data one word. He says, sleep. <laughs> Which is, is cool. Yeah. We like that. This this whole scene was pretty cool. I don't know. This this whole this whole episode, I think, is pretty rad. Yeah. Hmm. It's great. Um, so Crusher thinks this means that he's exhausted, but Data thinks it's a plan, and it is a plan. The cube fires a cutting beam into the hole as Riker orders warp drive, but Data comes over the intercom and advises him to stand by. Since he's discovered the Borg regeneration cycle, subcommand path is low priority and accessible. The Borg continue cutting away, and Riker urges Data to hurry as the Borg suddenly stop. Data explains he was able to access the Borg regeneration sequence and effectively put them all to sleep. Worf confirms the Borg... Borg ship is running at minimal power and their electromagnetic field is no longer in effect. Riker orders Shelby to lead an away team consisting of Worf and Gleason, who, who gets Jackie uh, Gleason. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Jackie Gleason, uh, who, uh, you know, got fucking Nixon to reveal state secrets. <laughs> uh, sends him to the cube to investigate. Um, and Gleason gets a ton of time. They're just in like little parts of this two-parter. Which yeah. Is cool. So Shelby confirms the entire ship is currently in a regeneration mode and that the Borg are completely dormant. Um, so Riker inquires how long they can potentially keep them in this condition, but Worf's tricorder readings are fluctuating rapidly. Shelby realizes that Data's command has caused the Borg power net to feed back on itself and has triggered a self-destruct sequence. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, we fucking love to see that. Um, so Shelby questions if Riker wants them to attempt to disarm it. What is it about a self-destruct sequence that's so fun? Mm. I don't know. What, it's, it's a ticking clock. Yeah, yeah it, so it is a ticking clock. And you get that. I wish you got it in more like wooden ship movies. 
<laughs> like wooden ships rule so much, but I also love the plot device of like. I wish a wooden ship would have like a bomb on it, it like, just, or it just has like a cannon that's facing directly, <laughs> directly <laughs> down, directly down. <laughs> <laughs> Self-destruct sequence initiated, and there's a guy, guy counting next to it. <laughs> He's like three, <laughs> two, oh, we're fucked. Uh oh. Master and commander with a self-destruct sequence. That's in my notes. Uh, that's what, uh, what we're getting started Hollywood the, yeah. the strike is over mm -hmm. we can start making movies again <laughs> <laughs> so wooden chip self-destruct sequence um, well Dr. Crusher is uncertain what the destruction of the Borg vessel will do to Picard and data suggests the advantages of closer examination of the Borg and their ship Riker decides not to tempt fate and orders the away team returned at once and for Wesley to have the Enterprise moved away. Probably wise. Yeah. Explosions... No, no, no idea how big that explosion's going to be. Yeah, yeah. Explosions begin to erupt in the Borg ship, causing Picard to convulse a little bit. The Enterprise speeds away. Is <laughs> the Borg coming? ship... Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know we coming. You know we coming. Come. <laughs> yeah. That's what he'd be doing. So, uh, the Enterprise speeds away as the Borg ship explodes all over Earth, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, maybe. There we go. Come. There yeah, we go. Yeah, there we go. Um, and it ostensibly ends the threat of the Borg here, at mm -hmm. this place in time, at least. Yeah. But if, as we know, they just keep on coming. Uh, yeah, they, they, they do. And I guess the next time is, like, during the events of Star Trek, uh, you know, next contact. Mm. Which is, you know, several years after this. Mm -hmm. Wait, no, we got we got the Hugh episode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, were the Borg like a serious threat to Earth at that? Oh, oh, to Earth. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. First contact is like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Next time they're a threat. Right. Right. Um. So in the lab, Picard begins to return to normal as his Borg implants begin to shut down. Troy asks him how he feels, and Picard looks at his arm and replies, almost human, <laughs> which is the name of an episode mm. at some point. Uh, I don't remember. The name of a show, too, right? I think so, yeah. Uh, Dr. Crusher is confident that removing the Borg hardware will not pose a problem, which is some real weird confidence to have. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it won't be a problem. Oh, God. Oh, God. Mm. Oh, God. So, so still Captain Riker asks him how much he remembers, and Picard replies that he remembers everything, including some, quote, brilliantly unorthodox strategy from a former first officer of mine, <laughs> which is a very Picard thing to say. Yeah, also it's like he's basically half dead and still finds time to compliment Riker. <laughs> yeah, very nice of him. As the Enterprise prepares to dock at Earth Station McKinley for five or six weeks for a prepare and refit, Picard, with bandages on his head, is back in uniform and at his desk in the ready room and i find it weird that they have him back in kind of a command position so soon yeah you th like no therapy or anything no <laughs> like and, and as we'll see and i think the next episode he has to go fight his brother in order to get over this yeah <laughs> yeah yeah they basically force him to have some leave time and he just goes and hangs around his brother who hates him and <laughs> mm -hmm. super duper we love to see it yeah so Shelby requests permission from Captain Riker to disembark, and Riker defers to Picard, thus relinquishing command back to him. 
Picard grants her request and commends her on being promoted to the head of Starfleet's task force in charge of rebuilding the fleet, which is a cool position to have. And we until, see until season three of Picard. Yeah, we see later <laughs> that she ascends to a pretty high position, but then gets shot out of the sky. Yeah, she get murdered. Uh, Shelby is confident to have it back in less than a year. The whole fleet, really? All right. Um, she also coyly suggests to Riker that he would have his choice of any Starfleet command, but Riker tells her and Picard that his career plans are his own business, but he appreciates having options. Yeah, he appreciates having options. That's what his, that's what his little black book is all about. You know <laughs> As Riker leaves to take the Enterprise to station <laughs> the camera. He says that in a grinder song. Uh, <laughs> a grinder a notification. Sound, yeah. Oh, song. God. I, sh- I keep on meaning to put that on the board. The oh, grinder you notification. should. Yeah. That's yeah, a good one. <laughs> How about... Yeah. That's a nah, good grinder. <laughs> Whoa, dude. Hey, Why did you press that button? Whoa. I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's the grinder notification. <laughs> that's the grinder notification. <laughs> I mean, if it was, oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that would that would be funny. No one would use the app if that was the, <laughs> that was the noise. <laughs> <laughs> or if it was. <laughs> Download, download it, and quickly I'll just, just delete it instantly. <laughs> like, <laughs> someone to be sitting in a movie theater, and you just hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my girlfriend has a, a cat meow. Oh, really? And so I always think like her cat is doing something. And I'm like, why is her cat over on like the nightstand? But it's her phone. Oh, it's yeah. very confusing. <laughs> uh, I used to have um the from um. The woman from um, um, the addiction show—I can't remember what it's called—but it's, it's like my strange addiction. Oh, it's like the woman who's like uh, addicted to um, the computer cleaner. Cool. Yeah. And she's just like, it's like I'm walking on sunshine. And I had that as my um, as my notification sound, and yeah. it scared the shit out of me every time my phone rang. Yeah, so I, I that's, that's, that's good that you had that. Then. <laughs> yeah. So, as Riker leaves to take the Enterprise to Station McKinley and resume his duties as first officer. Picard attempts to return to the pad strewn on his desk and his usual cup of Earl Grey tea. But a haunted look is on his face as he puts down the cup. He silently goes over to the ready room's window and looks out at Earth. Mm. A scarred man. A scarred man. Contemplating life. Contemplating what he's done. <laughs> what his character has done. Yeah, it, Is it him? <laughs> Was it the Borg? Yeah, it's very interesting to yeah like put him back in command after he just committed like a mass murder, right? And and also could potentially still like they don't know this. He's like the first person they've brought back from being a Borg. I know he could he still, could he, he still be, be fucked a, up. He could still be he could be a double agent, and he could have been like a whole Borg queue is like a fucking pittance to to like fucking have to sacrifice for the larger plan where they think. Yeah, I am. You know, and they could have done that in season yeah. season three of Picard. Yeah, or season one of Picard would have been cool if it was that. If it was like he has been infiltrating Starfleet this entire time, mm. that would like throw into question pretty much everything he did, like season season four and beyond. Yeah, 
or I mean, it would make sense if they were like different factions of the Borg. Mm. Like he was like leader of the still leader of the faction of the Borg that like fights the the one that is led by the Borg Queen. Mm. Like those are different Borg. Okay, I got you. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. That's why <coughs> these ones are made entirely out of computer parts, and the ones mm. by like First Contact get made out of like newer looking computer parts. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, okay. They look yeah. they look more like Apple computers. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> No, yeah, no, they should, like, honestly, like, they sh- he probably should have been, like, cast out of Starfleet at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, the, yeah, they should have been, like, all right, we'll give you, we'll, like, give you, like, literally, like, the coolest, chillest retirement for life. Yeah, um, like, like, but you're obviously too, too, uh, too much of a threat, really. And right, also, right. You just, you just murdered a mi- like over a million people yeah yeah we we hear that there's like this job fucking in a deep sea station that you'd love yeah there's a there's a job here mm-hmm. or you could or you could just become like a archaeologist and that's a whole nother like yeah talk because there's a episode right after this mm-hmm. um you know is that called almost human or this? what the what episode after this yeah the, the one oh, with family. his brother family there you go yeah yeah, yeah. and it's like yeah, it's it's a great episode, and he has mm-hmm. to like get over this entire thing. But he does so basically by like fist fighting his brother in the mud. In the mud. Yeah. And then he laughs a bunch, and he's like all better. And I'm like, no, he's like mentally ill. <laughs> if you fist fight your brother in the mud and then like laugh about it, you need to talk to a therapist. Yeah. Yeah. Strangely, he never he never goes to like Deanna about mm-hmm. this. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just like. Yeah, it's like, or like, yeah. I guess he does. He talk it to Guinan. It probably does. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's just like, I mean, yeah. Especially in like the the movies, they share. But yeah, it's there's a lot going on with him. He probably shouldn't have come back, especially that we see by uh, Picard season three. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, he had a uh, he had Borg sperm. Oh yeah, like the Borg were the Borgius sperm. Yeah, baby. The, the Borg rewrote his entire DNA, and he was just shooting um, Borg loads everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's like if, <laughs> if if that's the thing is like that's why they should have taken Riker. Mm. They would have like had an entire galaxy <laughs> yeah. worth of drones, yeah. like in every sort of race. Oh yeah, like everything. Like God, they like the Borg were dumb up in that shit. Mm-hmm. Like, especially, like, all over Risa. Risa would be, like, a Borg planet. They wouldn't even have to invade. It would just be crazy. Risa, a... Yeah, Risa would be the Borg planet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, they really fucked up. They really did. Well, you know. Should have chosen Riker. Hey, you know what? Life's full of woulda, shoulda, couldas. Mm-hmm. You know, if ifs and buts. Could have had the Borgy. If ifs and buts were candies and nuts, we'd all have a bowl of granola. Mm, i really dislike that <laughs> i think i think you should take that and put it in the trash and never see it again oh damn all right throw it's, it into the bin yeah that, that one belongs in the bin my into friend into the sin bin <laughs> yeah don't don't do that one either <laughs> the sin bin's also in the sin bin so I, I got some production notes about this some some interesting stuff. Um, so there was an atmosphere of anticipation for this episode among Star Trek fans during the entire three-month summer hiatus between this episode's first part and the two-parter that had ended uh, the third season. So fans were left wondering about Picard's fate, and the series production team worked to keep plans for this episode extremely hidden, mm. aiming to retain the suspense for the much-anticipated season premiere. 
which is pretty cool of them, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, wasn't there what like three, three point something million viewers for this episode or something? There was a bunch of viewers. Yeah. I think it was like twelve million or something mm. like that. It was a bunch. Bunch. A bunch of people. Uh, so anticipation for this episode was so great that someone even concocted a fake version of the script. It ended up in the possession of some fans and brought Picard back by revealing that his assimilation had merely been a prank by the Q, which uh, would have really taken the wind out of the sails of this. Sucked. That would have really sucked. <laughs> that would have pissed a lot of people off. Um, so the real plot for this episode had been difficult to birth. Rick Berman later admitted, when we finished the first half, we had no idea what the second half would be. And Michael Pillar has said the same, which is very strange of them. But mm. I'm glad it ended as well as it did. I thought it was pretty yeah. good. Uh, yeah, that's very odd. Yeah, so my, <laughs> Michael Pillar preferred not to plan too far ahead before writing a script and had not expected to return to the TNG production team himself. Because of this, he waited until after his contract was signed before beginning to consider how he would write himself out of the seemingly unsolvable cliffhanger that the previous episode had ended with. Specifically, he waited until he returned to the Paramount lot in late July 1990 before sitting down to wrap up the story. So this this might have ended up very differently if Michael Pillar had not have come back. <laughs> I like how he, I like, it almost as if, like, this very pivotal moment in Star Trek was a complete accident. Or, or, like, it was, like, him, like, basically trying to make his contract worth more yeah and it's just like yeah something that basically changed the entire trajectory of star trek was him trying to write a cliffhanger <laughs> yeah. so that they'd, they'd hire him back to, to complete that story yeah he's just like you know what i returned everything to zero the rest it'll just continue on normal from this mm -hmm. point forward and it's mm -hmm. like oops now you motherfucking got star trek picard <laughs> so here's here's one of my favorite things so Although the two parts of Best of Both Worlds are depicted as taking place roughly within the same few days, subtle changes are made, uh, such as to sets and costumes during the hiatus between production on the pair of episodes. Therefore, when episode two begins, minute details have changed, mostly uh, different lighting on the main bridge set and the mm. hairstyles of Jonathan Frakes, Gates McFadden, and Michael Dorn <laughs> are all different, oh. which, is, which is fun. That's fun. To have different hair day to day. Mm. That's that's cool. That's fun. It's three months, you know. That's, yeah. That's enough for but, a new hairstyle. But, but to the viewer, it just seems like they, they stopped during this very uh, important thing and mm -hmm. all got haircuts real yeah. quick. They're just like, okay, Picard's yeah, they, Borg. They, they just went to that fucking, <laughs> was, it, was it a Bolian barber? What, what was oh, it? yeah, the Bolian barber, yeah. Yeah, yeah the Bolian barber. They're just like, like okay, <clears throat> Picard's, Picard's Borg, hold the phone. Mm-hmm. We're all going to take like an hour here. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to like, you know, we're going to take some showers. We're going to refresh before we return to this. Like, you know, some of us are going to get haircuts. Some people are going to take a little short nap. Let's see. Let's 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 approach this with a fresh mind. And Picard was like, OK, or was <laughs> like, OK. And everyone just took a little took a little breather. And yeah. They got all got haircuts. We'd love to see it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. What do you think of this episode? Yeah, it was great. I loved it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's like that's definitely like. If you were to include a list of must-see episodes for someone who'd never seen TNG before, like mm -hmm. this would, this two-parter would definitely be there. Like, mm -hmm. it's basically how you understand like the entire rest of the franchise. And um, yeah, it's great. Uh, um, you know, we got to learn more about the Borg. You know, mm -hmm. the weaknesses. 
everything else and yeah that was great you know it's for, it's a great character moment for Picard so mm-hmm. yeah recommend it yeah it's their weakness love huh it's their weakness love weakness is love it's their weakness love is the weakness love <laughs> the, the Borg's weakness is oh love. yes that's the Borg's weakness is love yeah yeah oh. yeah yeah or <laughs> just like or just like the fact that that they have weaknesses that can be exploited that no one seems to exploit yeah like, like people can just physical. come and go people can just come and go as they please off of Borg ships and no one yeah. cares <laughs> and like you can always chop them in half with a sword you no could matter chop what them in, they but, do but you're not going to use a sword no. You're going to keep using this thing that's been proven not to work, mm-hmm. that can be easily worked around. You're mm-hmm. going to keep using that thing. No matter how many times it fails, you're going to keep using it instead of, like, a sword. Do you think it would be easier to suck a Borg's dick or have a Borg suck your dick? Consensually, of course. Hmm. Well, then, if it's consensually, I don't think the Borg would consent. But, but what if the Borg wanted to learn either how to suck dick or how to have its dick sucked? I think they would already know that from like from experiences at like what like from from Picard. <laughs> you think it's something where Picard is going to know? I don't think so. That, that, that dude doesn't get his dick sucked very often. <laughs> Come on. You know, I'm going to say I don't know. I mean, clearly, like there is some sort of. I think well, Borg sex happens, but I'm mm-hmm. sure. But it looks like it probably just happens like artificially. Like there's probably actually no contact because I mean they have Borg babies. We've seen the Borg oh, yeah. baby. we've seen the Borg babies. That's what I think about when I go to sleep. Yeah, it's, think, I think about it's... sweet little Borg baby, baby <laughs> Borg do 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 baby Borg do 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 do. No, I think it's like it's they sort of made like you know uh, the people in the Matrix. Mm-hmm. They just got get born in the pod. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Big old big old artificial womb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm. born that way. What would so, you do if you were born in an artificial womb? Would you ever call mom? No. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a good question? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, what? Like, you know, I wouldn't have a return to the womb type thing. I'd just be like, oh yeah, that's my home. Yeah. It was my home. Yeah, big, I was big, born in the giant milk pod. Yeah, big bunch of gel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big bunch of milk gel. Mm. Milk gel. Milk yeah. gel. Well, in the Matrix, they were just eat drinking themselves, just mm-hmm. ground up human. That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> like a soil and green mm-hmm. as people. Yeah, and that's why it's tasty. <laughs> I don't know. To feed that many people, though, they had to be dying like like a ton of people every day had to die. Yeah. Yeah. Think about overpopulation. How many people we could we could eat, and how many people we need to eat. Like especially if they can process the bones into effective foodstuffs, mm. they can process the entire body, the fat, the protein, and the bones into a foodstuff. You know, you're talking like, on average in America, like almost 200 pounds of meat per person. And that's some good eating now. And that's that's a lot. That's that's enough for probably. I don't know. I'm going to say each person probably can sustain someone for half a year. Mm, probably. So a, a person, you might only need to, you know, especially under like starvation conditions, maybe only need to eat like a person full of full of nutrients a year. Mm. And so, you know, you only need one person to die to sustain yourself a year. Okay. Which isn't 
terrible. No. No, it's a pretty good. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you're basically taking per, like that life, that year of theirs becomes yours. I'll swallow your soul. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> yeah, so now you can think about while you uh think about that while you masturbate tonight. Cool. You can think about yeah. having to eat just maybe one person a year and like starve <laughs> yourself only eating one person a year. Hmm. If we were forced to eat people, what would you do as a vegan? What would I do if we yeah. were forced? Yeah. I mean, what what would you still masturbate the same way? <laughs> I'm not sure how is this is this some sort of chaos theory? How is this connected? <laughs> Just answer the goddamn question, Pat. <laughs> Just answer the goddamn question. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But you know what I'm talking about, too. <laughs> I think your grinder just went off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just... It moved hearing that sound. <laughs> mm. Yeah, you got a notification there. <laughs> yep. Hells yeah. Yeah, well, I guess that's probably a good place for us to leave it. And this is a pretty good episode, I think. Uh, yeah, classic episode, definitely a must see. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, check it out. Yeah, and it has you know kind of interesting politics of interconnected like military theory and stuff like that, mm. and like it does like bring into question the military command structure. Yeah, and uh, if that's you know such a good thing for them to have. Yeah, you know. Um, you know, if they had more of a collective ship, it wouldn't matter so much if they lost one such pivotal person, but it mm -hmm. seems to matter a great deal. Yeah. And it would have really mattered if Riker wouldn't have left or would have left and taken the, uh, the, the USS Melbourne. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, at that point, like since Picard had already been assimilated, like it wouldn't be, <clears throat> it would be pointless to even bring him back anyway they already have his information his his knowledge right so everything that he knew is instantly became theirs <clears throat> like right. refreeing him didn't take it away that's probably true so like yeah like honestly like putting the ship in danger just to mm -hmm. save him was on uh, you know, kind of unnecessary that'd be so funny if like every time they had an encounter with picard from that point <laughs> they just like he he like you know he's like uh they're hailing us on screen, and it's just like him looking down at his dick, and they're like, "You have a stinky dick," and he's like, "No, no, take it off the screen, take it off the screen." Oh my God, they know. Yeah. I know what you did last summer. It's Rumple Foreskin over here. <laughs> it's Rumple Foreskin. I know about your penis. <laughs> Oh, I know it's weird and stinky. <laughs> it smells like a very rare foreign cheese. <laughs> That's only here in my home country of wherever the hell Rumpelstiltskin's from. Rumpelfoolskin, we mean. Rumpelfoolskin. I'm from Foolskinania. <laughs> it's in Eastern Europe-ish. <laughs> Ish. Ish. Whatever cheese is native to there. <laughs> Something that has a blue vein going through it, if you know what yeah. I mean. <laughs> it's like a blue snicker vein going through that dick, you know what I'm saying? 
It's got a blue vein going through it, and it stinks. <laughs> it makes me want to eat it up. <laughs> I'm going to take your child. I'm going to, I'm going to take your child, and I'm going to make lots of foreskin out of it. Oh, you're gonna weave weave foreskin out of a child's skin. I am. Uh, we don't really need to. You just cut it off more. <laughs> you don't really have to weave it so much. Okay. It hmm. comes off in patches, you know. Uh, I guess the weaving is the or the straw into gold. So. Right. Yeah. Right. That's a that's a separate story. It's that my brother Rumple Rumple Stiltskin. <laughs> His cousin. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what that's what he did. <laughs> I on the other hand. They're far more nefarious. I have different appetites. (laughs) I think you're on the (laughs) sex offender (laughs) registry. Mm, Baby. I'm never going to give it to you. Damn it. Oh, you give it to me now. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's a good place for us to leave it, huh? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks for hanging with us, Oigers. Be yeah. well, travel safe, and watch Best of Both Worlds, Part 1 and 2. It's a real delight. It uh, sets up a lot of what happens in Star Trek. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a pivotal moment, and it's surprising how much of an action episode it is without that much, a- much action. You know, yeah. there's a couple of way team moments where they, they get to merc some fucking... I guess they do kill more enemies in here than they usually ever kill. And there's not really that... Like, we don't really have any huge space battles because I don't, no, think, I don't no. think, like, the Star Trek budget really had that. <laughs> no, no, and it's fine. They, like, yeah. totally get past that. This, this is pretty dank, man. Yeah, it's great. But... um Wolf three five nine was an inside job. Is all mm-hmm. I'm saying. Yeah, Federation. Like I want to know how Commander Shelby stayed safe this entire time. Yeah, yeah. Like I just, I just, I'm, I'm just asking questions. Yeah, where was she during first contact and all uh-huh. that stuff? Right. Yeah. Where was she? What was she doing? Yeah, she looks suspiciously like the Borg Queen. They both have high cheekbones. How do, how do I know? I've never seen them both in the same place at the same time. Do I know they're different people? Mm. She could have just had a really bad skincare regimen for a while. That's true. Bingo, bango, Borg Queen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they could, they could have had that. They could, they could have made her the Borg Queen. That would be a good, like, arc for her character. Would would it? No, probably not. No, not really. I mean, I actually kind of got it's, sick. Yeah. I kind of got sick of the Borg. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. Especially by uh, Picard season three. I'm like, I'm done. Put a fork in me. I'm done. I don't need yeah, to Yeah, I like more. that they've they finally killed them, potentially. Yeah, potentially. Like, I would... I'm okay I would, with I them would, finally I, killing them. Yeah, I would be okay if they never show up again. Yeah, I'd be <laughs> that's, okay that's if, a, if the Borg are a threat that is never seen or heard from ever again. That's what I like about DS9. No mm-hmm. Borg. Mm-hmm. No Borg. Yeah, they got bigger fish to fry. Mm-hmm. They got the whole Dominion up in here. Yeah. They got the Mirror Universe... Didn't have any TNG Mirror Universe episodes. Mm-hmm. Had two DS9 ones. No mm-hmm. Borg. No. Zero Borg. No. Well, this has been... This has been... Story, story Trek. Trek. 
Thank you so much for coming and listening to our talk on Leo Tolstoy and his impact on Star Trek. And thank you for listening to our very wet mouth. <laughs> and thanks for trekking with us, soy boys, girls, and otherworldly beings. And dong and shocker. Yeah.